All right, let's talk a little basketball with Dwight Walton. Last night, we've got some wild ones in the NBA, including this viral moment. 11.2 on the clock. James tosses in for Reeves. Booker is playing with those five fouls. So is Durant. Oh, the ball squirts loose. What are they calling here? A timeout. The Lakers oh. get a timeout with 7.4 on the clock. But I am. The ball was a loose ball. How could it have been a timeout when no one had possession? Let's see when LeBron was calling timeout here. Here's the... Here's Reeves. When the ball comes out, no one has possession. So how could it be a timeout? A good question, and one that to the Phoenix Suns and Frank Vogel are asking right now. Uh, perhaps more fun to talk about that if you're the Suns than uh, Kevin Durant's attempt at a game-tying shot at the end of that game. That wasn't pretty. Dwight Walton, good morning. Connor, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. So, what do you think? Uh, Frank Vogel says that should be reviewable. Uh, this was pretty egregious here. Uh, getting a timeout call when you don't have possession of the ball. I mean, they didn't have possession of the ball. Uh, there's no real charitable read on this. Um, what 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 do you think? And should this is is this something that could trigger a change in the NBA? Well, I think um, all sports across the board, as far as I'm concerned, should use common sense. When it comes to things like this, if the call, and that's, that's a perfect word, is as egregious as, or the non-call, excuse me, or the, yes, the timeout being awarded is as egregious as it was last night, everybody knows that that wasn't a timeout. A timeout shouldn't have been allowed. Of course, I've been crying on social media for about the past 10 years that basketball across the board should go FIBA rules to where once the referee hands the player the basketball, a timeout cannot be called by the coach, cannot be called by a player. I think players should decide how things end here. However, for the Suns to be upset with the result last night, we don't know if, if the Suns would have scored in that possession. Yes, we would have liked to have seen the Suns have a chance to tie or take the lead at the end of that game. I understand that. But again, this is where I have a problem with fans, with media, with players, coaches, and I understand we have to talk about this stuff. But the Lakers last night shot 37% from the floor, 30% from three. They got the Suns to turn the ball over 22 times, and the Suns gave up 21 offensive rebounds to the Lakers. And fans, media, the Suns coaches and players are going to complain about a timeout being awarded. How about winning the game before that? I understand the call was made at that time of the game, and yes, the Suns would have had a chance to tie or win the game. I get it. But those statistics I just put out there for you, those matter as well. The game is 48 minutes, not 47 minutes, 55 seconds. It's just not. I understand we're going to talk about this. A timeout should not have been awarded. I understand that. But there's so much more, so many more opportunities in the game for the Suns to come back and win. They were they were dominated in the first half. They came out in the third quarter, scored the first 14 points of the third quarter to tie the game. Play like that all game, the Suns would have won last night. But the reality is that they didn't. A timeout shouldn't have been awarded, but the Suns had plenty of opportunity to win that game and to advance to Vegas last night. No question about it. Crowd on its feet. 
LeBron attacks, scores! Does it again! There's always a million scenarios at any point in time, you know them all. So my final question to you is, you've won a championship, you've been an MVP, a finals MVP, an Olympic gold medalist. What would an NBA Cup adding to that? list of trophies mean to you, LeBron? It is what it is. I mean, it's the inauguration. It is what it is at this point in the season. Um, we have an opportunity to compete for something, so why not? I mean, you got the greatest competitors in the world fighting for something, so let's fight. We'll see you in Vegas. That's LeBron James's perspective after another virtuoso performance. I mean, look, it's not the NBA playoffs. We know that. But LeBron James takes this game over. Dwight, is that a fair assessment? Oh, he was the best throw on the court the whole night. But yes, absolutely. So, I mean, he's almost 39 years old. And maybe I've asked you this before, the same question, different words, but... I mean, are we properly appreciative or of, of his ability to do what he's kind of always done, even now as he approaches his 39th birthday? The mere fact you're asking that question to me, Connor, you understand that, no, there's a lot of people out there, for whatever reason, that don't like this guy. And again, is his game aesthetically pleasing to watch? Does he have the wiggle in his game? Is he, does he look stiff? Does he use his brute strength? His advantage, sure, we can say all of that. We've got discussions about about Kevin Durant being a better scorer than LeBron James because it looks prettier. I've had people tell me that Carmelo Anthony was a better scorer than LeBron James because it looks prettier. All that, all of that stuff. LeBron James is the all-time leading scorer that we have in, in the in the NBA. Of course, Oscar Schmidt, who I played against many times from Brazil is the all-time basketball leading scorer, but that's a discussion for another day. LeBron James is fourth on the all-time assist list with a bullet. He is still at the peak of his powers at the age of, excuse me, at the age of 38, going on, going to be 39 December the 30th. Um, He is not slowing down at all. The game has gotten easier to him. I was in LA two weeks ago and I saw with my own two eyes. The guy chills throughout most of the game, but then when it's winning time, he turns it on and he's able to score or assist or have an impact on the offensive end whenever he feels like it. He is still a top seven player in the NBA. I think he's higher than that, but I'll give him top seven right now. And to play 40 minutes last night, to do what he has to do, and he loves competition, he loves his job. That's why he puts so much into what he's doing. That's why he's still, to me, we can, we can debate if he's the greatest player of all time as much as we want, but to be able to be as dominant as he is at 38, going on 39 years old, we need to appreciate it. Uh, whoever doesn't like him, that's fine. But trust me, the NBA, basketball fans alike, will miss this dude when he stops playing. And me personally, I hope he keeps on playing as long as he can so he can obliterate records and just make his record so far out of reach that that's when finally fans and the media alike will understand and appreciate what we're witnessing on a night and night out basis. We are all witnesses. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like Dwight is, wants that to happen so he can be 
described as the best of all time. Sounds like you're already there, Dwight. If I I choose to read between well, the lines based not, on that statement, it. It was too much other stuff to talk. Correct. about. Correct. And I want to just bring up quickly uh, Kevin Durant in the aftermath of, of the Suns losing, talking mm-hmm. about how this is kind of set up for the Lakers. They're a bigger team. They're fast. Their fans are behind them. Uh, They've Brett, got LeBron James more and not passionate. Kevin Durant. Exactly. More passionately, and you see it the way KD that it's nicely set up for the Lakers to close out this in season tournament in Vegas. Uh, you know what? It's, it's, <laughs> I've, I've heard it all since last night, how the NBA wants LeBron and the Lakers in, 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 the, uh, in the Final Four in Las Vegas. You heard what LeBron James said. It's competition. And I'm sure people are going to have an issue if the Lakers win the first ever in-season tournament. Uh, this is going to be another feather in LeBron James's cap. Whether we, again, whether we like him or not, it's the, these players and the fans need to stop making these comments. LeBron is great. It's not his fault that he's great. He puts time into it. Um, is there some uh, back meeting that's happening on the street somewhere about how the NBA has to have the Lakers uh, in the Final Four? What, Kevin, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker aren't, aren't popular for the NBA? Go out there and win the basketball game. You know, t- talk about that. Talk about how you could have stopped uh, LeBron James and the Lakers. I'm, I'm sick and tired of this stuff. You've got to give LeBron his credit. You've got to give the Lakers their credit. They were the better team for most of the night last night. Yes, the Phoenix Suns came back. Listen, of course we all want to see LeBron in the most important games. But if you don't want him to be there, go out there and stop him. It's not the Lakers' fault they won last night. Go out there and stop him if you, want, if you don't want them to be there. Milwaukee goes the other direction with it. Giannis going to pull up straight on three, and he buries it from straight on. That was uh, during the game. This was after the game when he was asked about the uh, $500,000 per player on the winning team prize money in this event. Make it a little better. You said you're going to play roulette. You're going to get at least $100,000, so that'll make it easier. Are we getting money now? We got some money? That's a, new, that's a surprise to you. They did get richer. Hey, you guys torched the NBA. That is uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo as good a person. He knows, Connor. He knew. He knows. Right. But he isn't. I mean, the smile on his face, the way he's playing, the level that he's playing at right now, what the Bucs did to the Knicks in this game last night. I mean, the most points the Knicks have allowed since the the, the Carter administration. Uh, So here they are. Uh, Talk to me a little bit right now, if you will, about uh, Giannis and the Bucs. This is the potential that we all expected from the beginning of the season. Of course, it was going to take time for Damian Lillard, Yonatan Kumpo, the health of Chris Middleton, uh, Brooke Lopez, the loss of Drew Holiday. It's pretty clear that the Bucks have, have put more emphasis on the offensive end than they are on the defensive end. And what that means is they know that as long as Yonatan Kumpo had some help on the offensive end, that they didn't have to be top five in the NBA in terms of defensive, defensive efficiency to contend for a championship. Just get timely stops in the final five minutes, and they'll be fine. To be able to have another player right now talking about Damian Lillard, who has to be honored as soon as he crosses half court. Steph Curry is the only other player that defenses have to pay attention to when they cross half court, because then it becomes four on three. That gives Jonathan DeCoupo more room to operate. It gives shooters like Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez wide open opportunities. 
It's going to be up to them to have their feet set and to knock those shots down. Are the Bucks going to score 145 points every game? No, they're not. But that is the offensive potential and capabilities that we're going to see come playoff time. You can give me five great offensive players over five great defensive players any day of the week, especially come playoff time. When the game does slow down, yes, you have to have some competency on the defensive end. But if you've got scorers like Antetokounmpo, Lillard, and Chris Middleton, when healthy, the Bucks are going to have a lot of success come playoff time. Last night was a, was a little, little sample of what we could see. The Bucks are definitely going to be there at the end of the season in the Eastern Conference. I know the Celtics are going to be great. I understand that, especially when Chris Tapps Porzingis is healthy. But the Bucks are going to be right there because of the acquisition of Damian Lillard to go along with Giannis Kumpo. You know, I, I saw... Um... A Canadian journalist uh, that I, that I, I respect, you know, I, I follow them and I, I like their perspective on sports. And he he more or less tweeted out, Shea Gilgis Alexander of OKC is having the greatest season by any Canadian athlete ever. I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, hold on a second here. And Lord, my brain defaults to hockey immediately, obviously. Uh, so p- put that in context uh, in, to, to that statement, that opinion, that point of view, and and what you see from uh, this young Canadian phenom. I won't go that far, Sean, but in terms of Canadian basketball player, absolutely. Shea Gilgis Alexander has established himself to not only be to, to, to have a chance at being the best Canadian basketball player ever, but right now he's definitely a top 10 player. I, I understand that he, he was a top five player if you go by his all-NBA status from last season, but to be able to have the impact on both ends of the floor that he does, the impact that he has on the organization of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, the, he, his defense at times, for my liking, uh, has, leaves a lot to be desired in terms of his fundamental, uh, fundamental ability. He's, he has the metrics. He's long. He is sneaky athletic. He, he plays the game at his own pace. But what he is doing on the offensive end, what he is doing for that Thunder organization, they have a legitimate shot in a loaded Western Conference this season to be at the very least a top four team and to host a first round playoff series in Oklahoma City, that will speak volumes. Um, right now, in terms of Canadian basketball, he is by far the best player that we have. Uh, he's the reason why we qualified for the Olympics for the first time in 23 years this past summer. He is must watch TV. He is the main reason I watch. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder basketball. They have a myriad of reasons as to why they're a good team led by Mark Daniel. They've got Montreal's Luke Dort. They have leading candidates from, from my money right now, rookie of the year in, in Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams. They have uh, Josh Giddy. They've got so many good players there right now in Oklahoma City. But the main reason is MVP candidate Shea Gilles Alexander. He is Canadian. He's great. And he's definitely must see TV as far as I'm concerned. All right, and uh, before I let you go, we've talked about the Bucs, we've talked about the Lakers, but what about the other teams involved? Uh, you've got the Pelicans on one mm-hmm. side, the Pacers on the other. These are uh, unproven, let's say, teams when it comes to uh, the playoffs, etc. How meaningful do you think this being where they are now, going to Vegas, how meaningful could it be for these franchises and uh, the, the, the many star players they both have? This is huge for both of those franchises, Connor, because it puts them in a, in a position as to where 
they're going to get a taste of how playoff basketball truly is. Now, this is a one-game scenario where all you have to do is win one game, much like the NCAA tournament. By the way, this in-season tournament has been a resounding, it's been a tremendous success, and I'm, I'm glad it's here. I hope the fans are finally getting a chance to appreciate this. But now the NBA is going to get a chance to see the Pacers. They may not play much defense, but they can definitely score the basketball led by Tyrese Halliburton. If the, Calif- if the casual fan out there doesn't know who Tyrese Halliburton is, please get your chance to know him, get a chance to watch him in the next couple of days, because you're going to see not only one of the best guards that we have in the Eastern Conference, but one of the best guards that we have in the NBA, period. His shot form may look a little quirky, but it works. It goes in. He's a big point guard, currently leads the NBA in assists. He can see over the top of defenses. Tremendous player. Rick Carlisle, I'm sure, doesn't like the idea that his teams don't play defense, but they're a definite fun team to watch. Talking about the Pacers, and on the flip side, the New Orleans Pelicans, led by Zion Williamson, when he's healthy, he leads the NBA in paint scoring at almost 20 points per game. And that we're talking about players like Shaquille O'Neal that he's ahead of in that regard. That's how explosive he is on the offensive end. Veteran C.J. McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas. And then you've got some young players, Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy III. On this year, Marshall, they've got some some nice. Brandon Ingram, of course, is a is a major part of that program as well. Willie Green is a terrific young and up and coming coach. Watching these two teams playing meaningful games, albeit in December, is going to go a long way to possibly them having some playoff success because they're playing in games in December that mean something. That was the whole point and purpose of the in-season tournament. And as far as I'm concerned, definite. Mission accomplished. Dwight, thank you as always. My pleasure, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. At B-Ball Insider, that's Dwight Walton. You can find him on your social channels.